Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the show. We are really excited to have you here joining us in the studio for another episode. We are getting into some books, some songs, some quotes, and who knows what else mm-hmm. that you need in 2024. We are really excited to bring this episode to you guys because we mm-hmm. have spent some time seriously contemplating, sometimes in pain. and um, In pain? Yes, it was quite painful for me because Maddie told me you You need to pick like three quotes, four quotes that you are relating with that have been meaningful to you, whatever. I forget Mm -hmm. how you phrase it now. But anyways, you asked me, I couldn't get over the three quotes. And then I was like, there's no possible way I'm going to be able to do this. So she came up with four. So I narrowed it down to four. You guys should be very proud of me because, oh my goodness, that was quite quite difficult, guys. But uh, we did it and we are going to be bringing these things to you in this episode for you to just be hopefully encouraged and for these things to just bring you a little bit of hope in this new year because Mm -hmm. I know that we all need some inspiration when it comes to these things. We all need some inspiration when it comes to books and songs and quotes that are truly meaningful and that you can contemplate all year long and not just for a week or for a day even, but things that are truly meaningful and that have some deeper thought put into them. We tried to make this not just like surface level, oh, we really like Waymaker as our favorite song. Yeah. You know, oh, like absolutely like not. Waymaker's good, don't get me wrong, but <sighs> you know what I'm saying? We tried to put some thought yeah. into it. We tried to go a little deeper than that. And so hopefully these are some books and some songs and some quotes that you have not heard about and and that will be meaningful to you just like they are to us. Mm-hmm. So that is what this episode is going to be about. We're also going to take a couple minutes to reminisce a little bit about 2023. Mm-hmm. You guys always love those kinds of episodes where we just take some time to reminisce. And so we do want to take a couple minutes to just talk about 2023 and discuss mm-hmm. it with you guys a little bit, share some of the behind the scenes, I guess, uh, feelings that we have about 2023, what was really good about it, what was maybe not so good about it, and just all those different things. So we'll only take a couple minutes for that because we really want to get to some things that will hopefully encourage you guys in 2024. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start there. But Maddie, before we do, catch us up on some announcements. Okay, so I wanted to tell everyone about something that we do every year at the beginning of the year. Uh, We just posted our 24 things every Christian should be doing in 2024 list. We really enjoy putting this together because it's basically just a compilation of things that we really want to do in 2024 and some things that we talk about on the podcast, we write about on the blog. Those kinds of things are included in this list just to help us all have one specific resource that we can go back to throughout the year and say, okay, here are 24 goals that I have, which 
technically, if you simply go in order and you choose two goals to work on per month, you work through the entire list. Mm -hmm. And it's a really great resource for us Christians who maybe have a hard time picking out goals that we want to accomplish or just trying to be very grounded and rooted in spiritual goals, but you don't really know where to start. This list is a great resource for you. So make sure that you go and check it out. And then obviously we want platforms like our podcast and our Instagram page to be resources for you guys as well going into 2024 and just be places of encouragement where you can come and get some good advice and some good encouragement and maybe even some conviction along the way. You know, that's our style. So Mm -hmm. definitely make sure that you are keeping in touch with us through those different things, but definitely make sure that you check out that list that we created because it's definitely a really great resource for you guys. Okay, so let's get into this episode. We're going to start by talking a little bit about 2023 and just some of the things that happened throughout 2023 and just our feelings about it. I'll be honest, 2023 was not my best year by any (laughs) means. It actually, uh, the last couple months of 2023, honestly, I told Lily felt like an absolute dumpster fire Mm -hmm. because it was just a mess and it was really, the hits just kept on coming, especially in December. It was really, really difficult because it literally, the first day of December, we had some different things happen that were just really difficult. Some different things that had happened with our extended family and a loss that we had experienced that we just kind of knew was going to present some challenges and some difficulties. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. So December for sure was not a good month for us. And it was just definitely like we had the family stuff and then Ruby passed away and that was really difficult. And then we had Blogmas going on through that whole thing, which was fun in some ways. Obviously, we always enjoy Blogmas, but it was definitely harder to do this year mm-hmm. just with a lot of stuff going on. And I felt like <laughs> throughout December, we were just battling this thing where we're trying to encourage people to be very celebratory and to really enjoy Christmas and make it a very special holiday. And at the same time, it was kind of like, I just want it to be over a little bit, which was definitely, it was just hard because we all have that mindset where it's kind of like, okay, we just want it to be over a little bit. But then at the same time, we all know that that is not the way to approach the situation. But it's really hard in the middle of grief and just a lot of chaos to be like, okay, but we're still going to be joyful and we're still going to be happy. And obviously that's made a lot easier when you're a Christian and you are relying on the Lord for most of that joy, but it was definitely still hard. So that was a little bit discouraging that that's how 2023 ended because that has definitely carried over into 2024. The very last day of 2023 was really difficult and uh, there were just some things that went on that we haven't talked about yet, but we might talk about it at some point uh, here on the podcast, but then it just kind of carried over into 2024 and was just really like, okay, how much more is going to happen in the span of literally like four weeks? Mm -hmm. And it just felt like hit after hit after hit kept coming and we were just kind of exhausted. And so it's hard going into 2024 to be like, okay, make the goals, do the things, really make 2024 special. You know, we talked about on the podcast doing that for 2024 and it's definitely still something we 
want to do and we're striving to do. But this can sometimes be the reality. When you go into a new year, it's not maybe you don't feel the best that you've ever felt and it seems like things are not going to be the best they've ever been. And I mean, I was talking about this with some of our friends a couple weeks ago about feeling like, okay, do you just let the grief settle for a little bit and kind of embrace it in some ways? Let yourself feel those kinds of things, not just ignore it and let it kind of like fester? Or do you kind of push it to the side and be like, okay, yeah, I'm in a grieving process for a lot of different things, but I'm going to kind of act like that didn't happen and I'm going to move on and I'm going to make 2024 a better year. So we're still kind of caught up in the middle of that trying to decide what all of that looks like, but there were definitely some great things that happened in 2023. This is not going to be a Debbie Downer (laughs) episode. Our Bible study, we've all just been knit a lot closer together this year, I feel like. Um, A lot of different things have happened in our Bible study group. In fact, just this last Bible study that we had on this past Thursday was really great. We had some really good conversation and we were all talking about some different things that were struggling with. And then those resulted in some actual action steps for all of us. And I just felt like we had some really great conversation that has kind of been a theme throughout 2023. I think it's definitely been a year of action and it's been a year of change. And so I think that that has probably been in some ways the best part of 2023. In other ways, it's been a little bit of a painful part of 2023 because, you know, lots of us do not enjoy change, but there have definitely been a lot of great changes throughout 2023. And then obviously we've had 200 episodes of the podcast, 10,000 downloads. We've grown on Instagram and more people are reading our blog and we've been able to reach out to a lot more people in our family's ministry. We've had a lot of different salvations this year, which has been really, really cool and a big encouragement in the midst of all this different stuff that's going on that's hard because now we definitely have a lot of people around us that we're all pouring into each other in equal measures. And so as we're going through the hard stuff, we have people around us. And as other people are going through hard stuff, we have come around them. And so that's been a really cool part of 2023, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, due to a lot of those different salvations and stuff, I felt like the first few days of 2023 were a little bit rough starting out. And then I feel like we were kind of on this high from like the middle of January to really until November, December kind of hit, I felt like things were really good and were just more exciting and more spiritually full, I guess, just because of all the different things that the Lord was doing. And I think that the enemy definitely kind of retaliated a little bit and Mm -hmm. there was some pushback with all of that stuff. And we just took it one day at a time. And it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, this is very intense spiritual warfare. Like we are in the midst of the battle Mm -hmm. and we need to fight well and we need to stay focused. And so obviously that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to make sure that you're staying focused with everything going on. Like you Mm -hmm. have the rest of life that's still happening happening. You know, Maddie and I still had school going on. There was just a lot of stuff with that. We were very busy with that. And then you have the podcast and the blog and Bible study and all of our other small groups. And so there was just so much that you're trying to balance. And then you're in the middle of the spiritual warfare that you're trying to battle through well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just 
I don't know. I guess I kind of felt 2023 was, it was a good year, but it was also one of trying to find balance between you have so much good that the Lord is doing over here and he's working mightily in people's lives. And it's so cool to be a part of that and just to kind of watch the Lord do that in a way. But then you also have to balance that with the enemy doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. And he's going to try to push back in every way that he can. And so you're trying to balance both sides of that and make sure that you are living in the moment and that you are enjoying the things that God is doing Mm -hmm. and not losing sight of his faithfulness in the moment and really taking to heart all of the different things that are happening. But then you also have to make sure that you're fighting. And that takes a lot of brain space, I guess. I don't know. I I don't know how else to say it. So I felt like 2023 was definitely a year of trying to find that balance, of Mm -hmm. trying to understand that you can live in joy and you can celebrate and you can do all of that stuff, even in the middle of battle, even in the middle of war. And it's not easy. In fact, it's one of the hardest things that I think I've had to try to learn to do. And I don't think that I fully learned that yet and I'm not sure I will until I reach heaven but I I want to try. I want to make it my effort and one of my goals in life to learn to live in the moment and to celebrate every chance I get and to make sure that I am living in the joy that God has given me. This week I was just telling someone, I think that joy is a gift that the Lord gives us every single day that we have to choose. What so many of us are doing is we're giving that gift over to the enemy. We are allowing him to benefit from our neglect of it and from our sorrow and sometimes our grief that even in those things, there can be joy if you choose that because Mm -hmm. God is freely giving it to us. And that comes by experiencing more of himself and more of his peace and his comfort, even in times of sorrow and times of grief and times of battle and times of weariness. And so I don't know, I guess that's kind of how I felt coming out of 2023 was just how do I learn that balance? And also as a family, I felt like we were kind of forced to do it. I don't know how else to say it, but we also had to choose what side we were going to take, you know, in that we had to decide, are we going to live joyfully or are we going to let this ruin our lives? Mm -hmm. And I think that as a family, we definitely came together and had to decide like, no, this is something that's going to bring us closer to the Lord and closer together. And we're going to invite people into that with us too. Like we're not going to just try to battle alone and hide it and act like, oh, everything's just fine and dandy, but we're going to invite people into that sorrow and into that suffering and battle. And we're going to figure out how to do this together. That was a very special thing to see for me. Community coming together was necessary and it was also extremely encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2023 was definitely, I think, a year of extremes. Mm -hmm. It was like one way is super great and super joyful. And then the other way is like the lowest of possible lows. And your life is literally like crumbling before your eyes. Yeah, that was definitely a hard thing to learn, Mm -hmm. but a needful lesson. That's something that everybody has to learn in life at some point. Mm -hmm. We may not like it. I certainly did not (laughs) at all, but it is necessary. And that's like you said, an ongoing process that we're definitely taking into 2024. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to happier subjects, because (laughs) if we don't, I might start crying. We are going to talk about five books that have been most influential in our lives. So not necessarily just in 2023, but most influential in our lives. To start this, 
this, Lily, what is your, we're going to go over our current reads, one current read, and then maybe like something that you're learning from that. So this is going to be kind of a rapid fire question. So just shoot. Okay. Rapid fire. I like rapid fire. So my current read is called The Set of the Sale by A.W. Tozer. Mm -hmm. I took a couple quotes from the book and wrote about him in my most recent blog post. It is titled As the Difference Diminishes. I have been loving this book because Tozer really makes the point that we are supposed to sail in the Christian life. We are not supposed to merely drift. Mm -hmm. We are definitely not supposed to stay anchored where we are. And so I just really enjoy his thought on this and how he relates it to spiritual disciplines and spiritual guidelines for the Christian life. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you guys have read anything by Tozer, you know he kind of skips around to a whole bunch of different yeah. things. But the main point of the book is really the church and how mm -hmm. do we get back to living in the fullness of Christ where we are truly moving forward and we are not just settling for cheap and worthless substitutes is mm -hmm. what I said in my blog post. So I've really been enjoying that. Okay, mine is a lot less spiritual than that. I am currently reading Emma by Jane Austen. We've watched I love Emma though. <laughs> Emma is really great. Uh, one of Jane Austen's funniest novels, although Pride and Prejudice is pretty funny too. But definitely, this book has been teaching me a lot about masculinity, like healthy masculinity, which Jane Austen is obviously incredible at. Those kind of romantic dynamics. She does a really great job of conveying that to her readers in a way that makes you long for a love that she displays in her books. So yeah, I've been, Mr. Knightley has been teaching me a lot about really good, strong leadership and masculinity. And I've actually been really surprised by some of those things because we've watched like the TV adaptation from like 2009. That's the only one to watch, not the new one. And it's like a four episode miniseries of Emma and they actually do a really good job of staying pretty close to the book. So if you haven't watched that one, then watch it. It's the 2009 version. But yeah, that's my current read. And what I'm learning from that is to strive to find a guy who is going to lead you well, who is going to confront you on some of your bad behavior and call you out on some of your bad decisions and then encourage you to do better and to do better with you. That's my current book and what I'm learning from that. So, okay, our first segment, five most influential books in your life go. <sighs> okay. Well, first I have the Bible, of course. Okay. But that's assumed. Uh, well, it's true. Okay. So yeah. it's one of okay. my five. It's, okay. It is the most influential. That's and we true. could just stop there because the Bible as a whole has been the most influential and the most impactful, mm -hmm. but specifically within the Bible, the book of James. Okay. Love the book of James so much there. We could literally just do the book of James in 2024 <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. My next one is To Kill a Mockingbird. You guys have heard Period. me talk about this book yes. so much. I would love to reread it this year if I ever have some time <laughs> to read it uh -huh. because I have another goal to read through the Narnia series because I did not. I failed miserably at that goal last was year. Was that one of your um, 2023 goals? It was. Yeah. It was. And I think I even shared that on the podcast. <laughs> now that's embarrassing. But anyways. <laughs> Failure. Um, <laughs> I definitely failed at that goal, but I did make it through the first book, The Magician's Nephew, which is one of my other most influential books. I 
absolutely love the scene that I wrote about in Grief and Love Greater Than Ours is what I titled that one. And I just absolutely love that scene. I related with it. I needed it at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. It's one that I continue to go back to and I cry like every time I even think about it because it's just so special. And also how Lewis depicts the creation of Narnia. Mm -hmm. It is the best creation depiction in fiction that I have ever read before. It is beautifully written and it is so powerful. Like you feel Mm -hmm. like you are a part of every single thing that Aslan's doing. Yeah. And I just love how Lewis does that. So that's definitely one. And then another one that I read years and years ago is titled Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Elliot. That was very formative as I was growing up and in my early teenage years. She talks all about femininity and just the value of being feminine in a world that's trying to make us women very masculine Mm -hmm. and how the Lord's created us that way. So that's definitely one. And then my last one is Until Unity by Francis Chan. You guys have also heard me talk about that one. I love that one. Okay, here's the difference between me and Lily. Lily reads a lot of books that are nonfiction and are just strictly spiritual. Love that for her, you know? (laughs) But I... Maddie's learn reading murder mysteries. Yeah. Murder on the Orient Express is my my most influential book. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, It is really good though. I definitely learn a lot better through fiction. I want to say, first of all, my first most influential book is not a simple book. It's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We're just getting that out of the way. That's not on my list, but that's just assumed. That is the most influential series Mm -hmm. of my life. So it's not listed, but number one would be Iacocca in Autobiography. This is a book about Lee Iacocca, who was once the president of Ford Motor Company and later on went to save Chrysler from like complete bankruptcy and failure. And this book has taught me so many really great life lessons about how to be a good leader, how to encourage the people under you who you may be employing or working with. And it has just taught me a lot of really great life lessons about what do you do when you get stabbed in the back and have to literally start over and how do you make yourself even more successful after that? So I definitely would recommend this book to a lot of people. My dad is the one that told me about it because he read it while he was in middle school, high school. I'm not sure quite when he read it, but it's a really, really great book and you'll learn a lot of history from it also about Ford and about Chrysler. Yeah, it's a very encouraging book and definitely one of the better like self-improvement books out there because the new ones are very like, you do you, say your affirmations, all this stuff. Lee Iacocca is not going to tell you to do that. He's going to tell you to get off your butt and start working. Definitely a really great book. Second would be This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. Definitely super helpful for me this year. Like we said, we've gone through a lot of spiritual warfare this year and it has really helped me honestly to view people in a much different way. He focuses a lot on the obvious spiritual realm in this book and really helps you to view that in a different way. It's a really great book for that, but it also helped me to view people in more of a spiritual realm type way. Mm -hmm. And it has really helped me not to hold things against people as much. We've been through a lot of different things this year that have been really frustrating. This book has really helped me to realize that this is not just about our physical 
decisions, not just about our physical world. These people are being influenced by very spiritual entities and there is a very real battle going on between good and evil and we need to acknowledge that when going through life. My third one would be Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, a classic, an incredible book, a book that has really taught me to make the hard decision even if you don't want to. That's something that I really admire about Jane in this book. She makes some really difficult decisions, and I, as the reader, am over here like, don't do that. Just marry him. It's fine. You know, whatever. Or do this. It's fine. Be mean to this person because they deserve it. But Jane is a very great role model for me in terms of being extremely humble and extremely kind despite the most horrific uh, circumstances. So there are a few scenes that you would definitely cry at in this book, but it's still <laughs> really good. And then I couldn't decide between these two Narnia books, so I'm counting them as one. Um, don't judge me. <laughs> the Horse and His Boy and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Both Narnia books. Love both of these, but I could not decide which one has been more influential. The Horse and His Boy was really wonderful, and I really loved that book. Definitely one of the more underrated Narnia books. It's not one that is read very often or talked about very much, but it really helped me relate to the Lord a lot more, and that might sound weird, but there is one specific scene in this book where Aslan is having a conversation with some of the main characters and he is recounting to them all the different things that they've done, good and bad. And they start kind of asking questions about like, well, but what about this for this other person? What about this for this other person? And there's this one part where Aslan says, I tell no one any story but his own. That was just, I don't know why, but it really resonated with me and it's something that I'll never forget. And it helped me to relate to the Lord a lot more because it helped me to realize that Jesus coming down, coming to earth was so that he could basically tell us our own story. Mm -hmm. He could tell us the story of humanity and what it is to be human. And so that really resonated with me. And then Voyage of the Dawn Treader is just incredible. Such an amazing book. And Eustace is such a great and complicated character and is just he has challenged me on a lot of different things uh, because I have a tendency to be like Eustace a lot. So uh, if you haven't read either of those, go read them. Number four is Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Obviously had to include Anne of Green Gables in this list because Anne of Green Gables helped me to view the world in a totally different way and really gave me another incredible role model to look up to in Anne. And it's just a great series overall. Anne of Windy Poplars is like my favorite one or Anne of the Island. And then I told Lily, this is kind of a weird one to include, but it was very formative in my life. The Ghost of Blackwood Hall, which is a Nancy Drew mystery. And I almost thought about not including it, but then I was like, okay, I can't talk about my love of reading without including this one because this book is what got me reading. I read this book in less than 48 hours and then I just flew through all the other Nancy Drew books that I could get my hands on. And I ended up reading like the entire series. Then that opened the door for me to read things like Jane Eyre and Anne of Green Gables and Narnia. It just really started me on a path of loving reading. So I had to include that one. Okay, next segment, we are going to do three songs you connect with. What if I have four? <laughs> 
Well, we found out. I made her tell me what some of them oh, yeah, were going to be, right. and one of them is the same for both of us. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my first one is Complicated by Seth Carpenter. This is probably one that you haven't heard of. I just found it a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and the words, the meaning, amazing. This is the one that Maddie and I both had that Mm -hmm. we uh, both wrote down, Hallelujah Anyway by Ren Collective. That song was basically my 2023 song and has, for some odd reason, also got me through the beginning of 2024. The words of that one are just amazing. It calls us to action and just has so many valuable reminders in it. And then the third one that I have written down is Fishes and Loaves by Josiah Mm. Queen. Absolutely love this one. I found it on a Thursday evening or Thursday afternoon, I should say, as I was preparing for Bible study. And it just impacted me in such a radical way. I ended up doing a Bible study lesson on it. And it just kind of changed the whole story of the feeding of the 5,000 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that sometime, uh, yeah. what we did for Bible study with all of that on the podcast. That was just a very meaningful Bible study lesson. And that song just always reminds me of that night, but is also just really good. And then the last one I have is called Not Yet by Chris Renzima. Got it. You just Chris can't. Renzima, you, you know, just fourth can't episode go wrong. in a row. <laughs> Got to include Chris Renzima. Okay. So yeah, Hallelujah Anyway by Ren Collective was on my list also. And that one, like Lily said, has been a really, really great song. It's been kind of a lifeline for Mm -hmm. us. There's one line in that that has just kind of been a really good reminder to me that says, I'd rather strike a match than sit and curse the dark. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about experiencing a lot of darkness this year, but then also a lot of light. A lot of matches have been struck. And so that has been just a really encouraging line to me out of that song. But yeah, the the entire song is really, really good. And then I also have Proved by Seth Carpenter. Mm -hmm. We're in our Seth Carpenter era. (laughs) Uh, We like just discovered him not too long ago and he's got some really, really incredible songs and Proved is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Such beautiful imagery in that song and Mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful truths. So definitely go and listen to that one. And then my last one is I'm going to try not to cry while talking about it because a friend sent this song to me after I published my very first Vlogmas post, which was called War Torn Lives. And she sent it to me and just said like, this was a song that I was reminded of while reading your post, thought I would share it with you. And it is Where the Glory Is by Josh Baldwin. She sent me the acoustic version, which is very, very nice. Good video too. Usually I am not a Josh Baldwin Mm -hmm. fan. I do not like very many of his songs at all. And so I was very surprised that I liked this song. And that it ended up being so special to me because I don't just relate it with that post that I wrote. It was something that was just kind of running through my mind. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying about it. I was really going to try not to cry, but I am. I can't talk when I cry. Um, Oh my gosh, it's dancing. Okay. Gosh. Don't think I've ever cried on the podcast before. Okay, I gotta control myself. I was thinking of this song. I sound terrible when I'm crying. Um, while we were going through Ruby's whole process. And the song talks about finding glory in whatever you're going through. And it was just seriously, like, playing on loop in my mind while I was, like, sitting next to Ruby on the floor. And we knew that she was gonna pass away soon and I just kept thinking of like this is where the glory is and 
I was just like, I don't know how there is any glory in this. And, but the Lord just kept bringing it to my mind. And it was really just a really great song to go through that process with because it really kept my mindset right about it. And it was like, I know that this is really, really painful, but there is glory even in this. And now we're both crying. So that was a really great song. And I'm really grateful that I found it because I hadn't listened to it before. This friend sent it to me. And so that was just one that it's really hard, honestly, to listen to it anymore because it does remind me of that time a lot, but in a good way. Um, so yeah. Anyway, didn't mean to set us all, get us all emotional, but there we go. Um, I really was going to try not to cry talking about that, but now we're both, now we're both crying. We're getting real in this episode, people. I have never cried on the podcast before. Come close a couple of times, but never actually. So, yeah. Anyhow, that was a good song, and I'm really grateful that that friend sent it to me because it was definitely kind of a lifeline through that. So, okay, moving on. (sighs) Gotta get over the tears here. Okay, moving into the next segment. This is hopefully going to be a little more encouraging because I have some good quotes. Four quotes that you really love right now that are just kind of speaking to you and have been influential and that kind of thing. Okay. Oh, well, excuse me. Now that Maddie has me all worked up That was terrible. Okay, so my first quote, actually all of my quotes except for one are by Lewis, of course. And he once said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. I've always loved that one. It's always been something that has been so convicting to me because I think that we lose sight of heaven so easily, even in things like what we went through in December and all of these struggles that we're talking about in this episode. All of those things are made so much easier when you think of them in light of eternity, when you think of them in light of the heavenly glory that we will get to one day experience that makes all of the trials and all of the things that we experience here so much easier and so much better. And so that one is definitely one that I just come back to time and time again. And I think that Lewis is so right when he says that when we look back at other Christians who have been so effective, they are the ones who have thought the most about heaven and the most about eternity. And they know that that matters above all else. Another one by Lewis, I think the art of life consists in tackling each immediate evil as well as we can. I really like that. It's something that's been encouraging to me, especially over the past couple months where every day has felt like a new hit, a new problem, a new trial, a new whatever you want to call it. This one has just been really encouraging to me because it feels overwhelming, right? You feel so overwhelmed by all of the trials and all of the pain and suffering. But when you wake up each day, you have to decide, I'm going to tackle each immediate evil as well as I can. Mm -hmm. That is my job. That is my duty. I don't need to worry about the next hit that's going to come tomorrow. I don't have to worry about the one that's going to come a week from now. What I have to worry about is the one that comes today and Mm -hmm. how I am going to address it to the best of my ability with the help of the Lord. 
Three is by Tolkien, and I included this in a blogmas post. And he once said, We all long for Eden and are constantly glimpsing it. Our whole nature is soaked with a sense of exile. That has been really something that I've just been contemplating lately of our human depravity and just how sinful and evil we are and how God is calling us back to perfection. He's calling us back to paradise with him constantly. And I think that this is really cool now that I'm reading each of these, I'm realizing that each one of these and why they're so meaningful to me is because each of them have something to do with heaven. And I think that that is just beautiful. Another one by Lewis, which I also believe I included in a blog post. Yeah, I think I did. He once said, apparently then, our lifelong nostalgia, our longing to be reunited with something in the universe from which we now feel cut off, to be on the inside of some door which we have always seen from the outside, is no mere neurotic fancy, but the truest index of our real situation. And to be at last summoned inside would be both glory and honor beyond all our merits and also the healing of that old ache. I absolutely love this one. That is just a small part of a larger quote from Lewis that has been something that I have contemplated for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I will be able to fully appreciate it and all of its beauty because it is absolutely heavenly. Yeah, all very good choices. And I feel like we, we're both going with like themes of who these quotes are from. Uh, most of mine are from Winston Churchill. And this first one is one that I read about in a book that I have called The Literary Churchill, which goes through the ways that art and music and books impacted the way that Churchill viewed politics and life in general and leadership. And this one is just really interesting to me. And I just really love the way that it's worded and the sentiment behind it. He says, of this, however, I am well persuaded that it is better to be impetuous than cautious. For fortune is a woman who to be kept under must be beaten and roughly handled. And we see that she suffers herself to be more readily mastered by those who treat her so than by those who are more timid in their approaches. And always, like a woman, she favors the young because they are less scrupulous and fiercer and command her with greater audacity. I just have really found this quote encouraging because I'm definitely the kind of person that would approach fortune with timidity and would be very cautious. And so this has just been an encouragement to me to be more impetuous than cautious, to take risks and to do the things that the Lord wants me to do, even if they're scary, even if it feels like it's not going to amount to anything. So that's a quote that I've loved for a really long time, but it's kind of been like my January quote. I have it like written out on my desk and stuff and I'm trying to memorize it and keep it in mind. And then my second one is from Tolkien. And this is a little excerpt from The Hobbit that I was actually just watching The Hobbit with dad and Lincoln the other night. And there's this scene with Gandalf where he says this part from The Hobbit. And I've always really loved it, but it was just kind of new to me this time. And he says, some believe that it is only great power that can hold evil in check, but that is not what I've found. I have found it is the small things, the everyday deeds by ordinary folks that keeps the darkness at bay. And I really, really love this part and he adds a part I also really love but it takes a while to explain where he says why Bilbo Baggins who is this little character who hasn't done very much with his life and wants to always be comfortable but has taken a step out of his comfort zone and gone on this crazy quest with all these dwarves to slay a dragon and take back a homeland and so Gandalf says why Bilbo Baggins why did he 
choose him to be part of the company. And then he says, perhaps it is because I am afraid and he gives me courage. And I just love this quote because it does remind me that you don't have to do anything crazy or super spectacular to keep darkness at bay. And I actually think that we keep it at bay better when we focus on the small things that impact the people around us and that impact our lives and the way that we live. And so that has just always been a really encouraging quote to me. And I really love it. And you'll love it a lot more if you've actually read The Hobbit, which is also a very influential book. And then I also, I'm trying to decide between several of these. There's also another one from Winston that we have mentioned before, but it's definitely been an encouragement lately. It's one of his better known ones. He says, never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense, never yield to force never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy Mm -hmm. love that one for obvious reasons it's very motivating and very encouraging especially when you feel that there is an enemy that has overwhelming might and is just trying to swallow you whole this has always been a very encouraging quote to me in that area so Definitely love that one. And then there is one also from General Patton who seems to keep coming up in my 2024 planning. And it says, I do not fear failure. I only fear the slowing up of the engine inside of me, which is pounding, saying, keep going. Someone must be on top. Why not you? I really love this one in relation to Christ and in relation to fighting the enemy. Someone must be on top. Why not you? When you have all of the resources and all of the victory found in Christ that has already been given to you, why not use that? Why not beat back the enemy? Do not allow the engine inside of you to slow up and just say, but I want to be comfortable. I just want to go to church on Sunday. I just want to, you know, read my Bible occasionally. I just want to be a good person, but I don't want anything more than that. And so that has been really encouraging to me in my spiritual life specifically because someone must be on top. Why not you? Mm. Why would you allow the evil to reign over you when you already have the power to be on top, to be the best, and to win that victory over them? Those have been some of my encouraging quotes. So this episode is definitely longer than we thought it was going to be. So sorry. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I feel like we've been going a little bit longer than usual a lot lately. Hopefully y'all enjoy it. We hope that this episode was encouraging to you. It was an interesting one, that's for sure. But we hope that this encouraged you to go into 2024 looking forward and Mm -hmm. being encouraged to follow Jesus, to find the glory in whatever circumstance you're in, to be the best that you can possibly be spiritually. And that is the ultimate goal for us this year is to be the best that we can possibly be spiritually. And I hope that that is a goal that all of us can share together. But yeah, we hope that you enjoy this episode and we are going to wrap it up in prayer. So please pray with us. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day and we just thank you that we got the opportunity to sit down and record today and to just talk about some of the different things that we've been dealing with, some of the different things we've been struggling with, but also some of the things that you've been encouraging us with and the things that you've been motivating us with. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to live our lives in such a way that glorifies you and I pray that you would help all of us to praise you in the highs and the lows and that we would continue to praise you um, no matter what difficulties we're going through, uh, no matter what triumphs we're experiencing. I pray that you would just help our focus to remain on you through whatever we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We pray that you will join us next Monday for whatever conversation we end up getting into then. Mm -hmm. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye, guys. (laughs) 